Welcome back to Process. I had a fun week this last week because iCloud Sync broke between all of my devices and I had absolutely no way of knowing except by manually checking all the files to make sure they were synced up. I've been dependent on iCloud Sync to sync files between my devices for a number of years now and haven't had a single problem until now. And this is bad. I mean, at least other softwares will give me a notice to say, hey, sync's not working or we haven't updated or there's a conflict here. But this just flat out broke in the background and gave me no warning of it. Just another one of the things that I have to add to my list of issues I've been having with macOS at this point in time. That being said, I have decided to stay on macOS for now. I don't really have the capacity to buy a Linux machine at this point in time, but I will look at potentially doing that in the future and just experimenting with it and seeing how that goes. But for now, I have landed on a virtual machine on each of my Mac devices. I'm going to have an independent machine on each one of the devices because it's going to do similar stuff, but it doesn't need to be updated. I don't need to carry it around on a flash drive or anything like that. So that virtual machine is uh, hosted via VirtualBox and I'm logging into it via SSH. So I'm not using the graphical user interface for it whatsoever. I'm just using an Ubuntu server install and then uh, running it headless with VirtualBox. There are some definite pros to doing this, which is I get to use Linux more which is awesome. I've wanted to dive into using a, a Linux system more often because there's some really cool things you can do with it. I also don't have to deal with the sometimes hacky feel of macOS on the terminal. And it's kind of cool that I can use Vim and Tmux together on this, which is you can on macOS, but it's really tricky and there's some goofy performance issues with it as a result. If you're not familiar with Tmux, it basically allows you to put different terminal sessions in, a, in different panes and different windows, and you can navigate back and forth between them through keyboard shortcuts, which is pretty fun. However, there are some downsides to taking this approach that I'm finding is that I have now have a virtual machine to maintain in my system. So I, I elevated the number of computers that I have in my life, essentially, from two physical hardware machines to now four that have to get maintained. And additionally, it is a separate file system, and so that can get a little confusing. You can set up sharing, but it can be a little tricky to do so between macOS and Linux. I'll work on that. I haven't quite gotten there yet. Overall, though, I think this is a fun experiment to run in my overarching environment. I do know that if I were to fully dive into Linux as a machine, I would have to sign up for OmniFocus for web and try to get that on there or get a better iPad that's got a little bit bigger of a screen that I can use a little bit more easily. The 9.7 inch that I have right now is a little too small to try to do stuff on it consistently. I can do it in a more short burst, but it's not something that I want to be working on regularly at this point in time. Speaking of small screens and stuff, ergonomics is an issue that's been on my mind recently as well. Uh, this has always been a challenge point for me because I've been dealing with shoulder and arm pain. I used to drive a lot for my IT work that I used to do. And as a result of that, I kind of started dealing with shoulder pain um, from driving and then also having to go and sit in non-ideal ergonomic conditions while working at a customer site for a number of hours. Chiropractic care has helped out quite a bit uh, in remediating some of these issues, but ultimately repetition is the thing that causes problems. When you're dealing with sitting and doing work for a long period of time, and you're not set up in an ideal way so that your body's more neutral, that's when you start dealing with some of these ergonomic issues like RSI, carpal tunnel, shoulder and back pain, things like that. I mean, for example, an interesting statistic 
talking about that is that for every inch that your head is out of neutral position on your neck, you're actually putting an additional 10 pounds of weight on your back. So if you're hunched over or things like that on your desk, you're really actually putting a lot of stress and strain on your back, which can affect the rest of your body. Now, I've bought a lot of ergonomic gear over the years. I have an Ergodox Easy keyboard. I have a vertical mouse, a Wacom tablet. I have an adjustable sit-stand desk. I have my monitors up to a good height, but I still have issues with shoulder and arm and wrist pain. Partly, I realize this is because I lean to one side when I'm working, which causes my head and my shoulder to crunch on the right side. I'm still trying to figure out how to remediate that as well. One idea that I've had is to have the trackpad on the left of my keyboard, so I'm using my left hand a little bit more, um, try to use my left hand a little bit more, or switch between the two, uh, my left and my right hand for different mousing, because that tends to be where I get stuck, because I'm very dominantly right-handed. And then another thing that I'm looking at trying to do is use less of the mouse and more keyboard. There's a huge benefit to using the keyboard more because generally if you can stay on the keyboard and use keyboard shortcuts, you can move around and do stuff quite a bit faster inside of applications. Just like we run into issues with context switching between applications and tasks, you can also do that between input devices as well. Now, granted, the time frame that is there and to adjust between the two of them is a lot smaller than, say, 20 minutes. But if you are trying to use a mouse to move around the screen, then go to the keyboard and then back to the mouse and then go to the keyboard and back to the mouse, you do delay things. So it's the change of position that gets you kind of goofy with dealing with that. Overall, though, I think ergonomics is an important thing to consider while doing regular work on the computer. People will talk about this a lot, but one of the things that I have trouble with oftentimes and, and see people struggling with a lot is just working on their laptops all the time. The laptop isn't exactly the most ergonomic thing to work with. Same thing with the iPad. Even the biggest iPads, you can't really elevate them very well without extra equipment. And so it's just a it's just a challenge to try to figure out, okay, in these in this mobile world that we're in, where we're primarily using our phones, we're using our laptops, we're using our iPads and things like that to get work done, what does that look like? I know one of the things that I have done specifically that's empowered me to do better, more ergonomic work remotely is I've bought a next stand. It's a basically a collapsible stand that you can fit pretty easily into a laptop bag. And then when I'm out at a coffee shop or I'm working at my in-laws house, what I'll do is I'll pull that out, put my laptop in it, and I've got an external keyboard that I'll use too that fits in my bag that I can then do all of my work in a much more ergonomic position. There's definitely a lot to think about and there's definitely a lot of places where you can spend a lot of money with ergonomics. And I do think it's Pretty important to productivity to think about ergonomics because it's not just about getting work done, it's about taking care of your body. And if you're gonna try to get a bunch of work done on the computer and you're not taking care of your body, eventually that will come back to hurt you in the long run. And so if you're looking at having a new office set up or if you're looking at having, you know, if you're having issues with your neck or your back, your arms, definitely start looking at ergonomics in your office environment. If you can get a vertical mouse, that's a good place to start. Same thing with like a split keyboard. Those can be some lower cost investments 
to improving your ergonomic setup. Also making sure that your keyboard's at an appropriate height and things like that. This last weekend, there was an interesting discussion on the community about managing workloads. The question was posed of how do you figure out what your workload is over time? How can you determine what's too much? How can you determine if you can take more on? Honestly, that's a really tough question to answer because there's not a single tool or metric or benchmark that's going to help you figure what that is. And honestly, it's something that I've struggled with too. I've, there have been seasons where I've taken on way too much for what I can take on in my, on my plate. And there's been other seasons where I haven't had nearly enough. You start to realize pretty soon what those seasons are and what they look like, but you have to spend a little bit of time thinking about it. And it's also hard to gauge how much work to take on in a given day or week or month because no two tasks are the same and no day is the same. Ultimately, the best that you can do is to measure and reflect. How would you measure in this instance? Well, it's kind of difficult, like I mentioned, because no two tasks are the same and no day is the same, but time's the same. You can always go back to time. I think that if you can consistently track time that you're investing into specific areas of work, it doesn't necessarily even have to be particular projects unless that is something that you require and that you're trying to figure out how much time am I putting into this kind of project or this specific project that might be a big one on your plate. But tracking time in broad areas will give you a sense of, okay, I'm spending this amount of time podcasting. I'm spending this amount of time doing development work. I'm spending this amount of time doing writing or whatever it is. You don't have to track all of your time. Track all the work-specific stuff, though, if you get started. Because then, if you start tracking time, you then have concrete data that you can look back at and say, oh, I spent 40 hours doing development work this week on this particular project. You can then say, well, that's a full plate. I can't take on any more if I'm working on a project like that in the future. You also have to account too for margin. And so if you're seeing that you're filling your time with a bunch of stuff and doing lots of different tasks, you can then start to plan and say, okay, I need to lighten my load up and give myself a little bit more margin during the week. And the data can help you do that. I like to use Toggle in combined with Timery on iOS to do these types of timers but there's other services out there that can help you do that as well. Another thing that you can do is track ancillary tasks on your computer using something like timing, which just runs in the background and tells you what applications you're in, what websites you're visiting, so that you can also try to identify time sinks and things like that. There's a lot of times where we think we're busier than we actually are, but in reality, we spent maybe 20 minutes looking at Hacker News or something like that in the morning and then you know we, we start our day off in the wrong mindset. And then we start developing habits like that over time, which can cause us problems. But the best way you can give yourself data to go off of in making decisions on how to manage your workload is by tracking time. The other way you can start to evaluate if you have too much on your plate or too little is to regularly reflect. I like to look at this in my weekly review. You can also look at it on a monthly or even a daily basis if you really think you need to, if, it's, if you're in a very intense season. But it's important to reflect on things like the tasks that you completed that day or that week. Feelings, because you're going to notice a change in your feelings if you are feeling overwhelmed. You might start to feel more angry. 
more tired, more stressed. And if you're starting to notice those things, it's a sign that you're venturing into having too much work on your plate. Another thing to reflect on is the actual reality of your day or week. What actually happened? Did you have enough time to get the work done that you needed to get done? Were you running behind? Did you feel pressured to get stuff done? Did you have enough margin in the week or were you running from thing to thing? When you look at the reality of what happened, you can then start to plan a little bit better for the future on maybe what you need. You can start to build in some margin time to say, okay, this amount of time during the week and these blocks of time, I'm going to make sure to spend resting or doing something else that's regenerative to you. Also, it's very important that during your weekly review or even daily and especially monthly, if you haven't done it during the week, is to ruthlessly eliminate unnecessary work. It's one thing that often gets talked about in the context of a GTD review, and it's very important for anybody who has a lot of things that they're juggling. If there's something on your plate that you don't have to do, delegate it to somebody else who can. If there's something on your plate that is completely irrelevant, just don't do it. If you can offload it to somebody else, then do that. Whatever it is, you have to be diligent to get work that's not important and does not move the needle forward off your plate. So I wanted to leave you with a challenging question this week. How are you managing the workload in your life? Is it something that you're struggling with? Is it something that you feel like you've got a good handle on? If so, I would love to hear from you in the community. Head on over to the community at community.effectiveremotework.com. There is a discussion topic for this episode with this question in it. I would love to hear your responses on that topic. That wraps up this episode. We'll chat more next week.